Well, hey, I just want to continue our message on favor today. Start and kick in, and I love that time of the year. So, favor. So, I want to talk about favor, continue to talk about favor. And I actually specifically want to talk about, Phil, it could be financial, it could be, it could be anything. But listen, we've all had storms. And I just want to touch on favor. I'm not going to give you all the scriptures on the favor of God, of course, because solid, sound doctrine comes from at least two to three witnesses. Uh, so two to three scriptures minimum. I'm never going to preach just one scripture on a subject. I'm always going to have favor of God. Grace means divine intervention or unmerited favor. In other words, you don't deserve it. It just came because God's goodness. In fact, what favor means to you is it means preferential treatment. Also means God bestowing his love on you as a token of his regard of you. So I want to talk about the specifically the favor of God for the years is that God promises us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He also reminds us that he'll be with us in the valley of the shadow of death. And it's at these very moments that he surrounds us with favor like a shield. So he surrounds us with this favor. And it's that faith that after me, would you just say, God's favor creates me to his success. God is good. It's 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 unplanned, unscheduled, unexpected, as we talked about uh, last week. It's always working. And the more we acknowledge the little things and the big things in life, every time you get a front parking spot, whether somebody lets you in front of you at the grocery store, whatever it is, buys them on your breath, but every time you simply just acknowledge and say, that was your favor, Lord, you'll see more and more of his favor on a daily basis. And I do more yearly. I want us to be a you're going to find the favor of God. So the more you take time to acknowledge and appreciate it, uh, how many know that, as you've heard, some of our marriage conferences of law took place, the number one reason why women, and I would have to say men, ran away from marriages before the no divorce fault law to the same today was lack of appreciation. appreciation. So every time you appreciate the fact that you even have breath, that you can even praise the Lord, is his favor. That's all the more when you are in the storms of life, you need to remember at those very moments that his favor is surrounding you, that he's not going to leave you nor forsake you in the shadow of death, that you're going to come out successful. Can I hear an amen with that? So here's what the storms of life look like, though. And I'm going to be totally transparent. Or they can be used by what? (laughs) The enemy, right? And we've all been used by both. Unfortunately, the enemy has used every single one of us. You know that? Sometimes we think it's financial or sometimes we think it's something else, but most of the storms that we actually experience are with our relationships around us in life. It's on that we're choosing to be around because they're like-minded with Christ. And so more than likely, they're going to be speaking words of life and speaking words of faith into your life. The fact if you really are in choosing your friends, you're still going to have critics. How many know that there's critics out there everywhere? And the more influence you gain in life, the more platform you gain in life, the more critics you're going to have on this. But you need to understand not not everybody is going to like you. Remember when Jesus, he went and healed, and he healed many times. Mo is on the wrong day. Whatever, you know. They're always finding fault. And they would lie about Jesus. They would uh, say bad things. They're going to do it to you. So not everybody is going to like you, unfortunately. And the more you try to defend yourself, I'm really a nice guy. I'm really a nice person. In fact, the truth is, is if your critics would actually take time to get to know you a little bit, the truth is that they'd love you. They run to get to know you because they're afraid of the truth. And the fact is, is they're more comfortable living in dysfunction in life. God, but not here at High Point Church, amen? Eyes on him. 
Despite all the naysayers and the complainers and the backbiters and all the people that say unkind things about us, the challenge with those storms is totally to get us to stop walking on water and to sink in that storm. And yet Jesus is saying, get your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes off trying to prove, stand more than anything today, that God is our defender. And he is a just God. He is a God who vindicates us. He is so fin. When they started speaking ill of Moses, what happened? Miriam got what? Leprosy. What did she do? She got out from under clear that we're to edify, we're to encourage, we're to lift up one another, not criticize, not complain, not moan and groan about each other. Way better football players that are the spectators, aren't there? Okay, truth be known. I mean, they got their big beer bellies hanging way out to here. They're eating their hot and And they're saying, my grandma can throw. It. Let's see, can you really throw the ball better than them? And they, you know, you think out there, there's these 60,000 people that are sitting there totally, and a whole bunch of them are sitting there come after another. And I don't care if we're talking about basketball or football or baseball, but there's way more better players up in the stands, aren't there? NBA. And here's the thing I found that when it comes to even ministries, when you're in, your heart is in the game, it's a lot. Grateful to have other ministries for the people around you that are helping build the kingdom of God. You know, there is a story about a man named Nehemiah, enemies. And so he goes in, and there's two guys that come out of nowhere, and they seem like almost kind of decent guys at first. Of course, we're reading the Bible, we know better. They're just like, hey, can we have a conversation? Like, um, we just want to understand what you're doing. Really, they're kind of coming across as almost decent people. But Nehemiah was focused, building. And so when he wouldn't give those guys the time or day, the true colors of Sanballat and Tobias came out. Now they started lying about him, making fun of him, if even a from building that wall. And they tried to convince him through manipulation and many other things to get him to stop doing what he was supposed on what we're doing. There's a lot of... And that's where we need to remember and recognize what are we called to do? We don't have the time in the day to sit there and defend ourselves to all of our critics. Toward them. Because he knew that the calling on his life was so much greater and he had to keep his focus on what he was called to do. Nehemiah had to keep his focus. And think about it like this. Listen, that's kind of like what's happened with us. We've been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The only way that our enemy can get at us is remember to take the high road. Get back up on that wall. Keep building what God has called you to keep building. But don't lose focus in life. Have a goal. If you don't have a vision, you'll hit it every time. You know what I'm saying? In other words, if you don't have anything in front of you, you're going to hit it. He said, listen, if you, if you have a vision... You know, it's kind of like walking along the beach, and it's when the storms come or the challenges come, it's like kicking because vision, it's like a tidal wave coming in and just sucking you right in. And that's why we're going into 2020. We need to remember where are we going? And go, what is it that God has called us? Not everybody is going to be our biggest fan when we're doing what God has called us to do. Now, when the vision is completed, they might come out from the woodwork. They were way back there sitting there saying, they can't do it. We can't lower ourselves to their standards, and we can't sit there and try and prove ourselves and defend ourselves. When you to our naysayers and complainers are wrong, you are wasting your time and your energy when you could be using that energy on what God has called you to do. Listen, and I love it. My enemies, without a cause, are so great. It's like the count, trying to count the hairs on my head. It's how many enemies. In other words, there's going to be times in life people are going to find fault in you no matter what you do. 
Even like Jesus, even if you're doing good, they're going to still find fault. Or maybe it's just you're too tall. You're too short. Maybe you're the wrong nationality. Maybe you're too successful. Maybe you're too talented. Oh, listen, maybe you're too educated. Maybe you're too thin. They'll find fault in everything they possibly can find fault in. And the reason for that is because critics are also themselves hurting critics. Because people who are, we have compassion with them, but we don't lower ourselves to their standards. We've got to stay healed because healed people bring healing to people. So they're going to find fault. But here's what David said later in verse 13. He said, my prayer is to your 12. In other words, my, for we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run the endurance for the joy that was set before him, endure the cross, despising the shame, and have sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So in other words, Jesus was being shamed through a very difficult time, uh, uh, shooting pain. Um, to make a long story short, what happened is it was an accident, but they accidentally didn't get the So there was no uh, relief of pain. When I saw him, literally tears were shooting out from his eyes. It looked supernatural. It was like, what is going on? And my dad has a sense of humor. He said, Stan, how are you doing? On a scale of one to 10, where's the pain level? And he said, 12. I'm like, oh, come on, Stan. No, really, 12. And they just thought he's joking. He went like that with no relief of pain for him during that time. And he said these words. He said, Stan, do you know what hurt more than hanging on the cross? He said, do you, know what hurt more? do you know what hurt more than any of that? He said, it was the words that they spoke about me. <laughs> words really do hurt. I mean, we all know that. We've, they break your bones, but words will never, what? They'll never hurt you? Are you kidding me? That goes deeper than bones. That goes down into the soul. You'll more than likely hit the target every day. But if you don't wake up with that intention on your mind to be a complimenter, to be a builder, to be an encourage you from all different directions, and they'll start hitting you. And if you start hurting, guess what you're going to start doing? You're going to start hurting people around you. If you don't have a wife with the word. In other words, you can't wash your wife if you're not washed yourself in God's word. You've got to get cleansed. You've got to get washed. And it goes likewise with wives, with does. Have you ever noticed that? You can wake up feeling like a critic. You can feel negative in the morning. And all of a sudden you get into the word of God and you start reading the word of God. And you keep reading before you keep reading and you keep reading and you start getting teased in the Lord. And you totally forgot that you felt negative in the first place. What is that? It's supernatural. But that's what the word of God is. It is alive and sharper than a double-edged sword. The word of God, if we will meditate it day and night, as Joshua says, then we will prosper, then we will be a great success. But without this, we are not. With, we, we cannot be like, the only way we're going to hold our marriages and our families together is if we look at the roadmap of success. And we're in this day and night. We're getting the scriptures and beat up all throughout the day in school, kids and adults. You know what I'm talking about, right? Gosh, they're getting bullied in this generation then that what's going on inside of them may start coming out. If they're not mature enough in their relationship with the Lord to get to the word as soon as they get home, guess what they're going to say? Well, we've got to train our children put in the ways of the Lord. We're to lead by example. We're supposed to take the word of God, put it inside of us, and then input what's going to input the word of God because what give away love. And that's why in the storms of life, one of the most important things we need to remember is that God is with us. And if we keep our focus 28, looking at, okay, I'm expecting this together for my good and for his glory. Why? Because I love him and I can hardly wait to see what he's going to do in this situation. The Bible says, listen, the curse 
is the curse. God's not saying, hey, give me praise for that curse. Give me praise for that cancer. Give me praise for that sickness. Give me praise for every car wreck. No, he's not saying that. He's looking and we're praising him in the midst of the storm. Guess what? You can't keep a praising saint down because God inhabits the praises of his people. And when you get what God says, you can have. You can be what God says you can be. And you can do what God says you can do. That when you start declaring Christ who loves me, Lord, I thank you that you're taking this situation and you're working all things together for my good. I know something good is going to come out of this situation better off than I was before I even entered this situation. I'm not going to stay parked in this situation. I'm coming through this situation. And to be technical, I'm coming from this situation. Joicing moments in my life because you said in this world there's going to be tribulation. But be of good cheer because I have overcome this world. And with the he has what clears. I'm telling you, you and Jesus are going to be standing there and there's promotion. There's honor coming. Amen. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where there's lions all around you. I'm telling you, or you're put in the dungeon like Joseph. Every single one of those situations, God was with them and God brought them out of them. He honored them. So that's why you and me, we can give praise in everything because we know that at the end of this, there's going to be a that we experience in life. God's vindicating us. We don't have to be worried about what anybody is thinking or saying about us. All we have to do is sin. He needs you to stay focused. I love what Jeremiah says. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will plead your cake, her fountain dry. In the New Living Translation, it says, I will be your lawyer to plead your case. If you've ever been in the courtroom and you've got an amazing attorney saying is, listen, I'm your attorney. I'm your mediator. I'm your advocate. I'm your rear guard. I'm your shelter. Tell you, I'm your refuge. I am your peace yet. And he never will. He has the final word. He has the final say. Because he is the great I am. He is the alpha and he can complete it to the end. And you're going to finish your course with joy as long as you keep on praising and you keep on glorifying him and you keep on worshiping him and you keep on looking and you keep on looking for whatever you behold, you will become. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if you keep believing that you are the righteousness of God, you're in Christ Jesus. And the more you identify with who you are and whose you are, that you are the family of God, that your royalty that you apart. And no matter what someone tries to say or do about you, listen, God will keep vindicating. He'll keep lifting you a little higher, a little righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You put on the full armor of God. You put on that helmet of salvation. You put on that breastplate of righteousness, not based upon what you deserve, but what, and you shod your feet with the gospel of peace. You put on that garment of praise and you begin to praise him. You put on that robe of righteousness because you are of a royal lineage. And you take him to glorify him and praise. will quench every, every fiery dart of the wicked one. And you will take that sword and you will use it and the enemy is absolutely afraid of you when you know how saints, you're righteous. Declare who you are. In the midst of the storms, don't let the enemy tell you who you are. And if you don't tell yourself who you are, it may be your enemy. And they will tell you everything they think about you. And if you believe those lies, he can take you out and author and finish your faith. And remember Psalm 105 verse 15, it says, Do not touch my anointed ones. And my prophets, no harm. Don't touch. Spouses, don't touch that anointed wife of yours. 
with your words or with your actions in any way that would be hard. You're doing the same because he's the son of God. I'm not talking about capital S. I'm talking about small S, but I'm talking about he is part of the family of God. And when you admire him, I'm praising him. You keep saying, honey, you look so handsome when you've got that frown on your face. Can you turn that upside down just once for me? Come on. Soft answer turns away wrath. Can I hear an amen? amen. You can do this. You've got what it takes to do this. You've got the greater one with you in those storms. And you can come out of those situations. Isn't that good to know? That we don't have to wait till we get to heaven. There are no enemies for us in heaven. He's saying right here, I'll make a table for you right before your enemy. You need to run a drool when they see how good that is. Here's the answer. When you're in the storm, and some of you might be in storms in your life right now. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, hang on tight to your neighbor. So this is what he says. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace. You know, again, what grace, grace is, right? Divine. What does grace also mean? It means unmerited favor. So what you're saying is favor, favor, grace, grace, help, help. Hey, this mountain's going to be turned into a plane. It's going to become nothing before my eyes. Actually, let me just... Stay with me for a minute. I'm going to explain what happens to Zerubbabel in just a minute. But in Job chapter 22, verse 28, it says, You will also declare whatever God says you should declare. Amen? Just whatever he says, you say it. You just repeat what he's saying. It's like looking in a mirror, and you just take his word, and you just say it. You're going to say what he says about you. It means to, be common, to become a common occurrence. A common occurrence. And to, the more you decree favor, that will become a common occurrence. You want to see favor or not in your life? Because favor's working. God wants to give you favor in your life. So you also decide and decree a thing shall be established for you in the light of God. Some of you remember this story. It's a phenomenal story. But he was actually in the process. The Lord told him to rebuild the temple. So, so he's rebuilding the temple about him, saying to the king, listen, he's doing this because he's going to take, take over. He's not going to pay taxes. So the king said, stop the work. 17 years, Zechariah, they come to him and they say, listen, rebuild. The Lord says, rebuild. So he starts rebuilding. Well, governor and everyone else starts fighting about what's going on. And so they're like, what are you? Our king, one of the prior kings, actually told us to build it. So the king finds out about this, and he starts digging up some archives, some history, and he finds out, sure enough, the king is like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that. So what he said to all of uh, Zerubbabel's uh, enemies, you are to help them rebuild it. Dev, I want you to bring meals to them, and I haven't had the finances initially. Maybe there was a 17-year delay, but the moment that they began to declare and decree, grace enemies started bringing meals. They started serving. They started showing them kindness. They started helping them rebuild the temple. Let me tell you, God is so awesome, and he is so amazing that he can take the end build your future. They can, he can do anything because he is an anything kind of God. You know, when he says, ask me for the your vision, he wants us to be able to see what are you called to do? Let's go after it with all of your might and don't let anything, he'll wash them away like he did with the Egyptians when Israel was crossing through the Red Sea. What did he do? He had to finally just wash them away. If he has to wash them away because they won't get off the Bible, then he'll wash them away. But even if you get bitter in life at your critics, you won't get better in life. And if you get bitter, you'll get blinded by the enemy because he's the God of this world and that's exactly what he So today is my challenge for you is to focus on what God is doing. Don't get distracted. Don't get bitter. There's this woman who won Africa. This is a true story. She was so she had just finished her master's program. She was fi taking finals to get to the exams for the uh, 
doctorate degree, decided to break the lease and said, you need to move out in a couple of days. So she had to stop studying for her finals. Well, when she took her finals, she didn't do very good. She didn't pass for this behavior. But then she heard a friend of ours who was preaching on how God loves to defend us. I'm going to listen to that message over and over together for my good. What is that? She's treasure hunting, that God is able to, even in the storms of life, that he can bring you out better off than you were before. So she applies for like program, doctorate program in Italy. Far-fetched, but she decided, I'm going to apply for it anyway. So she gets a call. They interview her. They love her. But later, tell her the truth. They say, listen, there's 12 people. I don't know why we're doing this, but we're going to actually approve you, and we're going to give you an advanced studies program. And here's what we're going to do. Because of putting you in an advanced studies program... And at that moment when she got that phone call, she immediately started thinking about that landlord. If she had gotten bitter and got, I'm saying that, and got angry, trying to, but most of those times, it's a distraction from what you are called and destined to do. And it's the enemy's goal to get you distracted, to stop doing what God has predestined. Those people that are like the storms of life, don't let them hold you back from your God-given dreams and your destiny. God will take and work all things together for your good. Listen, in Psalm 57, verse 6, they themselves have fallen. Oh, my goodness, I totally forgot to tell you a joke, and I'm already out of time. Really? Y'all, she was actually, um, she was just one of those praise-happy saints, you know, always praising God for everything. I mean, everything. And one day, this atheist neighbor, and he decided, I'm going to go buy a bunch of groceries for her, and I'm going to put them on the front step, and I'm going to play a trick on her. So he rings the doorbell, runs and hides behind the bush, and there he is, you know, just crazy to see what she does. He knows she's going to say, thank you for my groceries. And he starts laughing and laughing. He stands up. He said, that wasn't Jesus. That was me. Then she praised even harder and said, Jesus, we'll take the wealth of the wicked and transfer it into your hands, but you've got to believe. And that's what David said. What if I had stopped believing? In fact, I what some I'm going to keep going with this to escape from danger. A man named Haman, he was after Mordecai. He didn't like Mordecai. He was Jewish, and so he would, did everything he could to kill Esther, is uh, Mordecai's niece. So to make a long story short, what happens is he's fed up with Mordecai because Mordecai won't bow down to him. He won't worship Haman. Based. What happens is he sets up these gallows. He's going to hang Mordecai. But Mordecai had actually literally saved the king's life. And the king couldn't sleep one night. He's ever been done for Mordecai? Like, um, no, nothing has been done, sir. And so all of a sudden, right then and there, Haman walks in. He's ready to make a request. Is the king gives approval to kill all the Jewish people before he knows anything that's going on. So Haman walks in. And he says, you know, the king to Haman, he says, what should I do for the one? He's so self-centered. He's so focused on himself. He thinks the king's talking about him. And he's like, you know what I would do? I would give him like the king's horse. I'd give him the king's robe, a robe that you've worn before the entire city. And just let the whole city know this is what happens when the king is pleased with some. And he said, okay, that's it. That's it. Okay, you, Haman, you go. You, Megalos himself. This is exactly what will happen. You need to understand. I understand this is not against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual thing. But let me tell you, if those people don't, I don't care if he needs to wash them away like he did with the Egyptians or what he needs to do, but he will vindicate you. And most of the times when he vindicates you, what he does, he simply puts this blessing on your life and he starts promoting you under a supervisor that was just mean. The, mean, the guy was really mean. His employer was really mean. And every time that he was doing a promotion, he would promote somebody else. And this man needed to do a presentation. So he's doing this presentation. The CEO is so impressed with him that one the guy's employer was after, the CEO went directly to him and promoted him above his boss. So that boss had to serve him. 
And this is where I want to close out today is I want us to understand, yes, keep looking for that favor. Keep expecting it. Keep declaring it. De- keep decreeing it that you are walking in the favor eyes because before honor is humility. Before, you know, a fall, there is pride. So make sure you don't his heart at realm of pride. Stay in the honor of God. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. Then the king went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? The most qualified, but because of what you did. It's not a democracy. It wasn't a vote. If anybody had to vote for David, he wouldn't have gotten to become king. When it comes time for promotion, you don't need to get that promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord. And as long as you stay humble, listen, the greatest strength you have is on your knees. You never dream possible in your own strength. Listen, in Psalm 27, verse 13, it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see him. He's not done. Samson, he made some mistakes, okay? But the Bible says, Samson defeated more of his enemies on the day of his death than he did in his entire lifetime. I want you to think about this for the rest of your life if you have to. Write it down or whatever you need to do. But one day of God's favor is better than a lifetime and put you an entire lifetime ahead if you had just sat there and labored every day. And that's what God wants to do as we go into this year. I really believe this is your year for God to shine through your more and more. It's your time. It's your due season. Make sure you get on your knees more and more. If you receive this, will you say amen? amen. Father, I think make us look bad, make you look bad. I know people will try and lie about us just like they lied about you. They, try, they may try to slander our names just like they tried to slander your name. But listen, your name became the name. Just as you have lifted up your son, Jesus Christ, you will do this with your people because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Not that we deserve it, but because storms. We're not going to be complainers. We're not going to be critics. We're going to be praisers. We're going to worship you like never before. And as we continue to praise, we know that finisher of our faith in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just a moment longer, if you've never made the decision to receive Jesus, or you know deep down in your heart, on a scale one to five, you're not a four, three, two, one, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. What matters is what Jesus can do in and through you to bring you back up to a five. You may be stretched his arms are wide open to you. So no matter what you've been through today, God wants this relationship restored first and foremost with him. So if you've never made the decision to receive Jesus or you need to recommit your or I need to receive Jesus for the first time, if that's you all over this auditorium right now, would you slip up your hands just acknowledging, I need to get back up to a five or I need to receive Jesus for the first time back down. Okay, the Bible makes it clear in Romans 10, 13 that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's take a moment. Let's call on Jesus' name together. Those that are joining Let's pray this together with those that are praying, calling on the name of the Lord. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins, Savior and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life, my life. Fill me with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.